0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا to وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله I will be able to the second ten, uh, the second ten nights of Ramadan and days are characterized by malfira, forgiveness. Allahumma rabbi l wa rahma anta rahimin. Allah, forgive and have mercy, and you are the best of those who have mercy. We're in need of malfira. Oftentimes, we find ourselves trying to escape uphill uh, in life. And it's really nothing other than A believer is destined to go to Jannah uh, But then we do like all this dumb stuff in our lives And we have to make up for it somehow And uh, we're sometimes our own worst enemy We go around cursing shaitan And shaitan looks at us and says Well I didn't have anything to do with that And Ramadan I definitely didn't have nothing to do with that Uh, And uh, you know These are some stark realizations we have to make And uh, we can telescope that process by being humble in front of Allah Ta'ala And asking for forgiveness Allah Ta'ala is the one who asks Is there anyone who seeks forgiveness that I may forgive him Allah Ta'ala is the one who is happier to forgive you Than you are to be forgiven And he's happier to hear your uh, your request for forgiveness Than you are happy to ask for it uh, So Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala Give us all from his forgiveness Ameen Another note I want to give is That this is the The uh, the traditional time of the mid Ramadan lull. Uh, I've been talking to people; they say, "Well, mashallah, the ranks are thinning out in the masajid for salatul tarawih and for uh, other th- other prayers and whatnot." And alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, where I pray, mashallah, it seems just as packed as uh, as anywhere else where it was. But this is something I've observed in the past um, that there is this kind of mid Ramadan lull amongst people. Yeah, man, I know, I get it. Uh, you know, you lose a lot of sleep. I myself am progressively uh, moving up the continuum of like sleepless zombie mode, Hamza. But um, that's part of the whole thing is that, you know, the mujahada, the, 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 the struggle that a person does. فِينا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the one who strives and struggles uh, in our path. Uh, we will guide him in the ways to find us, and uh, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. But just like you have to pray five times a day, just like you have to fast in Ramadan, just like you can't eat pork, just like you have to be good to your parents, etc. You can't lie; got to tell the truth. One of the things you have to do in Islam is you have to make mujahada. You have to struggle, and struggle by its very definition is not something that uh, comes with ease. Uh, Reynolds Nicholson. The famous Mustashriq, who did an excellent job in translating Moana Rumi's Masnavi Sharif and uh, the Kashfal Mahjub that we actually used to read from in this Majlis. Uh, Reynolds Nicholson translates Mujahada as self mortification, which literally means to kill yourself. I found it uh, somewhat of an excessive translation, but you know, Nicholson was very well read in in the books of the uh, Sufiya and he was uh, a man who no one can accuse of not having a great command over the English language and probably one of the best translators from Persian into English um, and uh, probably a pretty good translator from Arabic as well and he translated Mujahada, as self-mortification and so yeah you know uh, people are like, oh, look, fasting is good because some kaffir said intermittent fasting will like lower your blood sugar and like fight diabetes. And it's a good diet. And people in Silicon Valley and Hollywood are doing it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, uh, that's fine. And it may even be true. It probably is true. In fact, it is true. However, the point of making mujahada for the sake of Allah Ta'ala is not to look younger and uh, have bright skin or whatever. The point of the mujahada is that you should do something, you should sacrifice something for the sake of Allah Ta'ala as a tasdip, as a a verification of the truthfulness of your claim of love for Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. Otherwise, if it's kind of like, yeah, as long as my blood sugar is going down, I guess I'll do this, uh, you're not going to really open any doors. So, lose a little sleep, it's okay. You won't die. Uh, if you're about to die, then get some sleep. Until then, lose a little bit of sleep. Uh, push yourself a little bit more. Read a little bit more. Hustle. Make it to the masjid, even if it's hard. One of the most beautiful traditions that we had in our madrasa, which I suspect is a, a, you know, kind of a pan madaris tradition, is when a student was sick, the teacher would order him to attend dars, and if he had to bring his pillow and blanket and uh, his uh, mat and lay sick in the dars but he 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 would he would be allowed to do that but we would be there together all of us and even if he was half delirious or half asleep uh um you know he would be there in the dars with us and uh, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala i think there's like great hikmah in some of these some of these things so you know make it get there so many of us have these kind of satanic habits not satanic in intent but satanic in 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 consequence we have these satanic habits of like Oh, I'm not 100% perfect, so I'm not going to go to the masjid right now. I'm not 100% perfect, I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm not 100% perfect, I'm not going to, uh, you know, um, do my work or whatever. You know, things are not 100% perfect. Nothing is 100% perfect. This world wasn't meant to be 100% perfect. Uh, if you think it, you know, that, that moment ever exists, you're just deluding yourself. And the most perfect thing a person can do is take the imperfection and do their best in it. That's what perfection in this world is. The person who does their best, look at the Rasul ﷺ, the reason we love him ﷺ is not because he had one really good day and we just talk about it again and again. Rather, every single day of his was filled with difficulties of so many different types. And he just he still got through it so beautifully. He just so everything. Someone was bad to him, someone fought him, someone spoke ill of him, someone lied about him, someone cheated him, whatever it is. But he would just take the, the, the imperfect circumstance and just do something beautiful out of it to the point where the ages will marvel. And the people of knowledge will be spellbound. And the uh, eloquent ones will be unable to describe with their eloquence how beautiful it was that he always did his best. Uh, no matter what the circumstances were And there are people like that also in this ummah that are like that If you meet them, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Give you uh, the gift of laying eyes on them And they lay eyes on you um, That uh, they do that in every situation, whatever it is Sometimes situations are really ugly, you know uh, But they just do the best And they just bring that best to whatever it is uh, that they do Okay, now back to you and me Um it's not going to be perfect. Just get your get yourself in the car, lug yourself over into the bus in the subway. You know, start walking. You know, lug yourself over to whatever you need to be there, uh, in the best way that you can for however much you can. If you got to tap out before you know, you know, twenty is over, or you got to tap out and get some more rest or whatever, do so. And then when you wake up again and you have a little bit more energy, then go at it again uh, uh, as best as you can and uh, even if it's, a, if it's a slug because the slave slugging it out for the sake of the Lord is beautiful and that's where the baraka happens and that's when the decrees are uh, read out to the angels in the higher realm that this is the one that I love and then from there they will filter down through the creation and they will uh, show whether a person likes it or not uh, sooner or later Sometimes sooner Sometimes later Sometimes much later But one day And when they do get shown They're shown forever They'll be shown To the entire creation How beautiful it was That that, that, that person tried That they struggled uh, And that it wasn't Like Nicholson said Self-mortification But it was really just Just a good effort Which is like The most like beautiful thing In the world Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know, We may belittle Each other's efforts But to Allah Our efforts are are, are really, really like something nice and something worthy of being loved. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us from His love. Ameen. So, this being the second ashara of Ramadan, I wanted to shift gears and go back to a book that we read from last Ramadan, which is Mulana Sayyid Abul Hassan Ali and Nadwi's Saviors of the Islamic Spirit, uh, which was published in Arabic as Rijal al-Fikr wa-Dawah, the men of... Uh, a, a reflection and uh, uh, who called uh, people toward Islam and in Urdu uh, 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 published under the name uh al-Da'wat um, azimat the history of calling uh, to Islam and a firm resolve and it's really interesting, there are actually two different titles and uh, both books, the Arabic and the Urdu were written by Muan Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi uh, uh, himself and the English translation was uh, compiled under his supervision uh, and uh, it's interesting also because the first volume of this book it's an amazing book, it's just a, a book people should read and it's not hard to read, it's not a technical work of the Ulama or whatever uh, but a very inspirational uh, book that it is uh, interesting that uh, Mufti Abdurrahman in London, Mangera. He kind of rendered the English of this uh, old English translation into a more readable English, but uh, uh, and uh, it's it's a great book and you should you should buy it you should read it you should benefit from it. I kind of like the original, um, despite its somewhat peculiar uh, diction, uh, because first of all it was something looked at or at least approved of directly by Molana Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi. Who is al-Mashaikh in so many ways? Uh, he is the he is Sheikhul in so many ways. Uh, our Grand Sheikh, uh, uh Shah Abdul Qadir Raipuri said about him, whose Khalifa he was. Uh, he said about him that this this man is like the the duas of so many mashaykh and the mujahada of sayyid ahmed Shaheed and the ta'lim and tarbiyah of uh, the mashaykh of deoband and then, uh, you know the fikr of uh, of Mujaddid Al-Sani, Sheikh ahmed Sarhindi, and uh, you know etc all of them a Kabir mashaykh basically their duas were to make a man like this and really he was a beautiful person uh, inshallah maybe one day we can talk about him a little bit more in depth he himself passed away on a friday this is the night of friday mashaAllah he passed away on a friday um, having read Surah al-ka'f uh, in the hour that the juma was going to be read and waiting uh, uh, to uh, go out uh, into the masjid uh, and so he had a couple of minutes left and he then chose to uh, start Surah Yasin. And when he got to the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَبَشِّرْهُمْ and Give them glad tidings of forgiveness and of great reward. Allah ta'ala decreed that he should uh, leave uh, this world and uh, uh, progress in his journey. And... Uh, uh, Masha'Allah, It's a wonderful book. Maulana's Ruhaniyat is also there in the book, uh, as is that of the Mashaikh before him. People don't know this before before Maulana Shah, uh, uh, Shah Abdul Qadir. He was also the murid of the sheikh uh, uh, Maulana Ahmed Ali Lahori, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. Uh, he was originally from Delhi. The British. Uh, Because he was a threat to them, they imprisoned him and then exiled him to Lahore Uh, And he said that they threw me out of Delhi from my home and from anyone I knew And uh, threw me out into Lahore thinking that uh, by exiling me uh, from all of my connections and my power base That maybe I would wander from street to street and die broke and not have any himma or any courage or any means to resist them I said, don't they know that I carry the book of Allah Taala inside of my heart? So, mashallah, he's a very well-known uh, scholar. Many of the great ulama from the pre- previous generation actually, uh, actually, uh, read the tafsir of Quran from him. Our own sheikh that we read, uh, 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 that we read. Uh, uh, the Sunan of Imam Nasai and the Muwatta of Imam Malik and Ibn Majah. From he mentions uh, my father uh, was one of his Murids as well. His father read hadith from Mulana Sayyid Hussein Ahmed Madani. Ta'ala. And uh, he said that after Shaykh died, I said, I, he didn't really feel uh, uh, any sort of attachment to anyone. Uh, after that and uh, he just he said all i remember about my father is that from from then on until he died he would wake up and make the Hajj and make dhikr and in the last moments before the break of the dawn he would uh, read the salat and salam on the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam as-salatu wassalamu ya rasulullah as-salatu as-salamu alayka ya Allah as if he was saying Salam in the Roda mubaraka. He said that none of us saw anything, but and we never dared even to ask him, but it's as if he was speaking to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam directly, and Allah knows best. Uh, but Maulana uh, Ahmad Ali ta'ala, he himself, one of the things that uh, even after coming to Lahore and re- rebuilding his uh, his, his Tartib for khidmah of the ulum, a service of, of the knowledge of the Qur'an, he, uh, um, he was arrested by the British and harassed by them. And uh, one of the things that they did was they ordered that he be chained to a block of ice in order to torture him. And uh, they took him off when uh, he was basically pushed to the end. Because the point if you kill somebody like that uh, it's going to cause unrest in the city, so they took him down. Uh, the point is just to harass him and to break his spirit. And they said, "What do you think now, Mulan Asab?" And he said, "The body is freezing, but the iman is still burning hot." So, I figured it's it's a good book to read, inshallah uh, So we read. We start from the uh, chapter number eleven of uh, a very uh, a very inspirational figure. Shaykh al-Islam, Izz ibn Abdul salam uh, rahimahullah ta'ala uh, wa a'la allahu Darajatuhu, darajatihi afwan. Uh, uh, with, infused with the color and the, the dye that uh, is given to us by the mashaykh through the silsat, through Ma'ana, Abul Hassan Ali nadwi and his uh, chain also. The heroic endeavors of Salahuddin who had set himself to work in the most earnest fashion with the reintroduction of orthodox creed in the place of the Shiite creed which had uh, usurped the land of Egypt. Uh, and again the Shiite creed here I'll add is not its not strictly speaking the same thing as what's in Iran nowadays but the botany creed of the uh, uh, Fatimi Ismailis. Uh, With it, the chain of educational institutions started for the purpose uh, uh, of uh, the reintroduction of the Muslim creed uh, spread all, all over his wide realm. And above all, the personal example set by him and some of the Muslim rulers in following the religious precepts and code of moral conduct redirected the energies of the people toward learning and teaching religious sciences. As a result thereof, we find several erudite scholars during the 7th century. Uh, this is the 7th century after Hijrah, of course. And during the seven, we, we obviously find many erudite scholars in the 7th century of the common era but because those are the companions of the Prophet wasallam. So this is the 7th century after Hijrah, uh, who had devoted themselves, body and soul, to the dissemination of Islamic teachings amongst their compatriots. The most outstanding personage amongst these uh, savants were uh, the Shaykh al-Islam, Izzuddin ibn Abdul Salam, who passed away in 660 of the common era? Uh, 660 after Hijra, he was reputed for profound learning, piety, and courage. He never compromised with the corrupting influences of his time and the degenerate ways of the then rulers. So this is after, much after the the passing of Salahuddin Ayyubi, uh, a, a couple of generations afterward. So the erudition of Izzuddin. Izzuddin ibn Abdus Salam was born in Damascus in 578 after Hijrah. He had the honor of being a student of several eminent scholars uh, of those days such as Fakhruddin ibn Asakir, the great muhaddith, Saifuddin Amidi and uh, Abu uh, sorry Amidi not with A'in, uh, uh, and Hafiz Abu Muhammad al-Qasim. According to certain analysts, he analysts not like like a analyst like forecaster like for analytics but uh, analyst as in historians a-n-n-a-l-i-s-t-s according to certain analysts he started education quite late but he soon acquired such a proficiency in the then sciences that his contemporaries paid uh, glowing tributes to his deep learning and brilliance of mind uh, ibn daqiq al-eid called him the sultan of ulama uh, sultan uh, sultan al ulama in some of his works who is Ibn Daqiq al eid Ibn Daqiq al eid was one of the foremost uh, uh, Maliki scholars of his uh, of his era uh, in Cairo, and uh, he was a companion of Ibn Abdul Salam, who was a Shafi'i. He loved him so much that he uh, switched from uh, from the Maliki uh, madhab to the Shafi'i madhab uh, because of his uh, because of his love of uh, of him. And if it was for any other reason than love, perhaps uh, the Malikis would be crossed, but who can ever blame a person for that? Uh, That's the thing that binds us all together uh, in the first place. When Izzuddin migrated to Egypt in 639, uh, uh, Hafiz uh, uh, Abdul Azim al-Munziri, the writer of Targheeb and Tarheeb, suspended giving fatwa, giving legal opinions which is a big deal Hafiz Mundhiri is a great not only muhaddith but he's considered to be a, a mujtahid who chose to make taqlid of Shafi'i uh, but he he was a, a man himself at the very height of learning when he was asked the reason for it he said it does not behoove any jurist to give legal opinion where Isuddin happens to be present uh, another scholar Sheikh Jamaluddin ibn Hajib was of the opinion that uh, 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 the fiqh of uh, of excelled even Imam Ghazali Wallahu A'lam uh, Hafiz al zahabi the great uh, muhaddith and uh, compiler of the al A'lam uh, one of the greatest biographical works uh, uh, of the Ulama biographical encyclopedias, a really wonderful work don't ask if it's translated or not learn Arabic and read it um, Hafiz al zahabi writes in his Ibar uh, in his knowledge of fiqh devotion to religion and awe of Allah he had attained uh, that degree of perfection which makes one capable of ijtihad uh, of interpreting uh, the revealed law of God and deducing new laws from it and so these are heavy hitters, these are not people who uh, give compliments easily and they're not small people uh, uh, in, in the intellectual tradition themselves rather their uh, testimony uh, is to be taken as 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 something that is uh, a fact Uh, and Allah Ta'ala knows best there's not small names in the history of of Islam and uh, again this is also a tribute to our tradition that the greatest minds and the greatest people in it uh, as uh, acute as their vision was and how sometimes hair splitting they would get uh, in dealing with things what we would consider hair splitting based on lack of understanding it just meant that there were people of precision in their in their reasoning uh, in a way that you know lay people cannot appreciate but uh, as much as that was there they weren't people who were uh, uh, dogged and and dogmatic uh, um, sectarians or people who were demagogues that are just trying to call people to their own personality cults or whatever There was a method to what they did, a system to what they did, why they agreed, why they disagreed When they put their differences aside And they did have a greater goal and you'll see in, in, in things like this That they they actually did have overarching goals that were for the benefit of the Ummah Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Izzuddin occupied the chair of professor for a fairly long period in the Madrasa Zawiya Ghazaliya of Damascus along with holding uh, the offices of Khatib and Imam in the principal mosque uh, of the city uh, called the Umayyad Mosque the the uh, master of uh, Banu Umayya in in Damascus Sheikh uh, Shihabuddin Abu Shama uh, relates that Izzuddin vehemently opposed the innovations and in later day uh, uh, accretions like al Raghaib and the special prayers of mid shabban which had become popular in his time uh, that uh, several scholars of note thought it prudent to keep silent about these issues. And to this very day, if you criticize a practice which is un-Islamic but people like it, uh, be uh, be prepared to uh, get shot down uh, from every half-witted armchair critic on Twitter or on uh, Facebook, um, and uh, be prepared to get canceled. But uh, you know the sheikh, he, you know, the, and this is not you know the wish to avoid th- those quote unquote inconveniences. It's not new, even amongst the ulama. The sheikh was not a person who shied away from speaking the haqq uh, and he didn't care what was going to happen afterward. Al-Malik al-Kamil. Al-Malik Al-Kamil is one of the uh, uh, rulers from the Ayyubid dynasty, uh, descended from al-Din Ayyubi and his family. Al-Malik Al-Kamil insisted on Izzuddin uh, uh, for accepting the office of Qadi, of the chief judge of Damascus. And the office of Qadi is given to the person who is renowned to be the greatest of uh, Fuqaha in a place. Uh, for two reasons. One is because you need fiqh in order to give legal judgments properly, and the second is you need to have renown and authority and respect in order for your judgments to be taken seriously. Uh, Malik al Kamal insisted on Izzadine for accepting the office of Qadi in Damascus, which he accepted reluctantly after imposing a number of conditions. During the same period, al-Malik al-Kamil appointed him as his envoy to the court of the then uh, Abbasid, Caliphate, Abbasid Caliph. The Khalifa Banu Abbas in those days um, was uh, a a figure that had very little uh, political authority, but showing uh, deference to him was a way of winning legitimacy amongst the, the rank-and-file Muslims because... People understood that this is part of Islam, that there is a khalifa and that that khalifa needs to be respected in order to show some sort of unity for Islam, which is definitely the case, even though uh, many people who have modern sensibility may speak against it, but it's definitely the case. The righteousness of Izzuddin. Amongst the religious scholars of Syria, Izz al-Din was held in such a high esteem that he was received by the then king with the most honorable marks of distinction. On his own part, however, Izzuddin never visited the king unless he was requested to do so. Being dignified, straightforward, and self-respecting, he did not like to curry favor with the king. Instead, he insisted always upon the king uh, following uh, the course beneficial for Islam and for the Muslims. During his illness, Sultan uh, Al-Malik Al-Ashraf, who held the principality of Aleppo, of Halab, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, free it from uh, the occupation of uh, usurpers, uh, uh, Al-Malik al-Ashraf, who held the principality of Aleppo after the, after the death of his father, Al-Malik al-Adil, sent for Izz Earlier, the Sultan had some misunderstandings with the Sheikh on account of certain views held by the latter, but the same were removed as a result of their meeting. The Sultan uh, requested the Sheikh to forgive him for his mistake and also to let him have a word of advice. Uh, Quote, so far as the request for pardon is concerned, replied Izzedin, I forgive everyone with whom I happen to be displeased, for I will never allow the sun to go down upon my animus against anybody. Instead of seeking my recompense from human beings, I desire it from God and God alone, for the Lord has said, but whoever pardons and uh, amends... His wage uh, is uh, the affair of Allah, meaning it's Allah's responsibility to reward that person. As for my benedictions for you, added Azizuddin, I very often pray to God for the well-being of the Sultan, for this is also a means for the welfare of Islam and of the Muslims. God may grant the Sultan insight and understanding of the matters which may have, uh, which may be helpful to him in the life to come. Now, coming to the advice. It is my bounden duty to enjoin the right course since the Sultan has asked for it. I know that the Sultan is reputed for his valor and the brilliant victories he has won. But the Tatars, meaning the Mongols, are making uh, inroads into Islamic territories. They have been emboldened by the fact that the Sultan has pitched his arms against Malik al-Kamil and thus uh, would not have time to face the enemies of God. Because there's a civil war between the family of uh, of the Ayyubis. And so he said that you guys are so busy fighting each other that the Mongols know that you guys are going to be easy pickings. He said that they have been emboldened by the fact that the Sultan has pitched his arms against Al-Malik Al-Kamil and thus he would not have time to face the enemies of God and the persecutors of the Muslims. Al-Malik Al-Kamil is, however, the elder brother of the Sultan and therefore I would request that the Sultan give up the idea of fighting his own brother. This is a a speech that could be given to any one of the Muslim leaders that are there nowadays. Give up fighting against your brother. There's other things going on. Instead, I would advise him to turn his forces against the enemies of Islam. The Sultan should make up his mind in these critical days of his illness to fight for the sake of Allah alone and for restoring the supremacy of his faith. We hope to overcome uh, the disbelievers with the help of the Sultan if God restores his health. This would verily be a great achievement, but if God had willed otherwise, the Sultan would undoubtedly be recompensed for his intention, at least to come to the rescue of Islam. Al-Malik al-Ashraf thanked Izzuddin for his sincere advice and immediately issued orders redirecting his forces to face the Mongols instead of Al-Malik al-Kamil. As soon as the uh, orders of the Sultan were communicated to the commander of his army, he retreated uh, to Qasira. On Al-Malik al-Ashraf's further request to counsel him something more, Izzuddin asked that the Sultan is bedridden but his chiefs and officials are having rounds of pleasure. They are reveling in wine and wickedness while the Muslims are being burdened with new taxes and tithes. The most valuable presentation that the Sultan can offer to God is that the cesspool of corruption is cleansed, illegal imposts and taxes are abolished, tyranny is stopped, and justice is made available to the people. Al-Malik al-Ashraf not only acted on the advice of Izzeddin but profusely thanked him saying may God give you a goodly reward for performing the duty enjoyed by religion on behalf of all the Muslims uh, whose well-wisher you undoubtedly are. He said, sorry, allow me to be your companion in paradise. The Sultan also presented 1,000 Egyptian gold mohars to Izzuddin, but he refused to accept them, saying, I met you only for the sake of Allah, and I do not want any worldly temptation to be made an additional reason for it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on our elders, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on the mashaykh and those who followed and took up their way. And uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on the ummah the Prophet People who are suffering in the East and in the West because of the corruption and uh, stupidities of those who are in power As well as those people from the masses who should know better Who cast their lot with the people who love money and who love power And uh, who love indulgent merrymaking for this dunya which is a cesspit It's going to come to an end soon All of us are going to turn into dust May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give people whatever position they are in in society uh, you know prominent or or humble Uh, the tawfiq of choosing something better uh, so that uh, the mercy of Allah can be easily distributed amongst the people because of their having chosen something better and a better way of living and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also give us the companionship of the Mashaykh uh, in this world and in Jannah in, in uh, with His father uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala sayyidina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa salaamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh